as far as like, yeah, the rewarding aspect, because I'm truly the happiest I've been in my in my entire life. Like he is he is everything, my whole world. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I think that I can definitely resonate with that because uh, it was overwhelming to think about how we were going to get pregnant at first. And it almost like Amy was saying, waiting for the shoe to drop is too good to be true when we got that positive result. And so I experienced my pregnancy excited and hopeful, but also anxious. And, and that was just a weird feeling to be because I knew that it took us four tries of at-home IUI to conceive. Um, and so for us, we were kind of at a, at a turn way, like, all right, this is the fourth one. It is getting tiring. We're starting to have those conversations. Like, is it going to happen for us? Maybe we should take a break. Mm -hmm. And we would have taken a break if that fourth time didn't work. And lo and behold, in the most unexpected way, on a drunken night of playing games with board games with friends <laughs> and the sperm was going to expire, Literally, we, we tried it. <laughs> we tried it and didn't think twice about it this we were so certain that this was not going to happen for us right now. Mm -hmm. And I just took the pregnancy test two weeks later just to take it, just, for, you know, to, to confirm that it didn't happen. And man, oh man, were we in for a wild ride the rest of those nine months and, and seven months mm -hmm. since then. It's been rewarding to see who he's grown into as a person. I mean, it's it's been seven months, but I feel like I've known him my whole life and just seeing his personality evolve it's the greatest feeling. I, I love our little family and I love the little person he's becoming with all his emotions and he's just so intelligent. It's teaching us things about ourselves that we didn't know and we would have never known unless we became parents. Mama. I got you. Look what you've done. Look what you've Mama, you There's no way I can pay you back, but the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate Hello, beautiful people. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm your host, Drake, the Drake, with Everything Culture, the podcast for all cultures, the podcast of the purpose. And happy early Mother's Day, or happy Mother's Day, or happy after Mother's Day. But this is our Mother's Day special that we have every year that usually we bring a group of moms on. They talk about their experience being a mother, their perspective, their thoughts, their feelings, their experience in total, and we get to listen. This is a little bit different from last year. Last year was a little emotional. I won't put the clip right here. But the year before, we always bring a group of mothers, and they talk about what we just said, you know, being a mom. And we want to say thank you to our guests ahead of time, and we greatly appreciate y'all being here. And... Welcome to the discussion. We're streaming this on YouTube. If you want to go watch us on YouTube, and quickly, let's get to the shout outs. Hello. Let's, hey, moms. How y'all doing? Hey, we're good. How are you? I'm superb. I'm feeling great. Let me tell you that. I am feeling great. Wow. And I'm just happy to have y'all here. And some of y'all came last minute. Some of y'all know about it a little bit ahead of time, but I'm just grateful to have y'all here. And some of y'all have had to make it to you. Some of y'all have not. But it's, no, it's all good. We're going to get there. But let's start. Let me just pick our first guest or the first panelist. Um, Melissa, can you just say hi? Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Shanae, 
Oh, how are you, B? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for joining. <laughs> Key. What's popping, baby? It's popping all around. We good. We good. We good. <laughs> Angela. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And then Amethyst. Hello. Thanks Love. for having me. Thanks for being with us. So, y'all introduce yourselves. So, get into it. I know we have someone else that's here, but just stepped away. Can you share, you know, said hi. Sure. Tell us about your kids and, you know, give us the ages, you know, and what they identify or you identify them as. I'll go. I always tell people I have two only children because they're 14 and a half years apart. Um, I have one adult (laughs) that's 30 years old. And then I have a 16 year old who's still in high school. And so I, I parent them very different. Um, and one is a, a son and, and I have a daughter. And that's from Shanae. Well, my name is yes. Angela and I have one daughter. She's 27 years old. She just turned 27 on April 29th. And she has two children. So I'm a grandmother of two with one daughter. And my only child is equivalent to to about four kids because she is rotten to the core. Mm. All right, <laughs> when you get into that. <laughs> okay. Melissa. Uh, my name is Melissa. I have two kids. My oldest is... My daughter, who will be 18 in July, and uh, my son is 15. High schoolers. Okay. High schoolers. Key. Well, coming in with the baby, um, <laughs> seven month old. Uh, we have a little boy. Yeah, he just turned seven months yesterday. So Aww. he is moving and grooving right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like he's working, y'all. He's yeah. crawling. Uh, yeah, he's doing like his military crawl. He face planting, you know. He's doing a little <laughs> scooping crop. He's pulling up a lot. Like he he loves to pull up on stuff. So that's kind of where we at. He won't sit down much. He want to be up. <laughs> hey, get ready. Get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Man, amethyst. Hi, this is amethyst. Um. I have a little baby boy, Laszlo, who's um, one month older than Key's little one. Um, he's nine months old, nine months. I cannot believe my mind is blown. It's like gone by so fast. So another new mama, new parent trying to figure it out. This Right now, I don't even feel like I'm parenting. I feel like I'm just like, it's like, keep them alive. The parenting hasn't even started yet. It's just like, keep alive. <laughs> and I do this. <laughs> so far, we're both still alive. So, yeah, you're going to always feel that way. Again, I have a 27 year old and I just try to keep her alive. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the. I'm prepared now. I will just continue to try and keep him alive. There you go. Yeah. But mama's work is never done, right? Never. What's and I'm telling you, she has stories, like legit stories <laughs> trying to keep her alive that I'm like, goodness. And I know we have someone that's off camera right now, but I know they probably handling things. So we're in. Oh, 
There they are. <laughs> Hello, Catalina. Come on, faces. Come on, faces. Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. And this is the other mother for Little Easy. Yes, Easy's other mama. Love my partner time. <laughs> Love it. And I'm like, once again, we know he's face planting. He's doing the military crawls. If y'all don't know, you know, he hit the, the elbows. He, he he be moving around. He's moving around. But y'all really was touching on the first question, or the first discussion point, let's say that, is for everyone, do you feel that you were prepared to be a mother? I do. Mind sharing a little bit about that? I feel that I do because I had, you know, my nieces and nephews prior to having my own child. And I still have a very close relationship with all of them as well. But I was like the other mother for them, or the other person that they would go to when mommy had to work or daddy had to go somewhere or something. They would be with me. And before I had my child, they were always with me. My oldest niece is, I believe she just turned 33, 34, and uh, Destiny. And then she had a brother and my sister, you know, when she would be at work and when she had somewhere to be or whatever, you know, we would take care of them. And it was a great experience. We loved the kids and they still migrate to us no matter what those those two, my niece and nephew, and my sister who's on here as well, Shanae, her oldest, her oldest child, the one was just turned 30, she was like my child, you know, was always with me. So I felt like when I had my own, I was prepared. But of course, it's a whole different situation when you have your own child. They're with you 24-7. And whereas when being an auntie, I can send them back home or take them back home. It was only for a few hours or maybe a day or so. But now you have your own child. You got 24-7 here. But I believe I was prepared for it. I was prepared. She came early, early bird. She was a preemie. So I had to prepare for a lot of stuff in the very beginning. So, but yeah, I think I was a bit, I think I was prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So I would say um, I also parented a lot of my nephews and my nieces um, and cousins, uh, babies. Um, it, it gave you some good starter points. I don't think you're ever prepared until it's your kid because it's a different type of, of and, I, and I mean, I was a placement. My sister's kids got removed, so I, I was their placement. So that they're with me 24-7. But still, it's a different type of parenting style and parenting um, with your own kids. I feel it's a struggle to um, kind of uh, make sure you're you don't know if you're doing anything right. You're kind of just winging it. Um. Like Amethyst just said it. You're just hoping either you had good parents and you follow them or you had not so good parents and you decide to do the opposite of what they did to you and you're really winging it so i would say i am I'm, I'm more in the middle i mean it gave me some good experience 
uh, started being a parent like as young as the, as nine with my little sister and brother that are about eight years younger than me. So, yeah, um, I just think I'm more in the middle of being uh, prepared as a parent. We had to be prepared. It was no mistake welcoming our baby into the world. It was very intentional. Um, and so I'll speak for myself and say that he's the biggest blessing that we've been preparing for nearly our entire relationship. We knew we wanted to be parents. We knew it wasn't going to be easy, even though we have baby easy now. <laughs> and yeah, it was just one of those things that being in a big family and growing up around kids all the time. I loved kids. I loved being with kids. I nannied for a large part of my college career and so I was used to it and now having my own I just feel like motherhood was a calling and we he's seven months old so he's still a baby and it's just been so natural for us and it's felt good and it's brought us so much closer yeah I'm one of six and I'm second oldest so I've been around and my mom's worked two jobs so I was always at home with my siblings granted you know like uh, Melissa said nothing really prepares you for your own child but you can get them 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 small stepping stones and i would say that just mentally being prepared is a lot of preparedness that i appreciate because uh, we were mentally prepared i was very mentally prepared not knowing what i was getting myself to into at the end of the day but you know i was still ready for the challenges you know the good days the bad days uh, well, not bad days, but the, the, the challenging days. The tougher days. Yeah, the tougher <laughs> days, yeah. I had always spent a lot of time with all my friends. Like, all my, I'm like the last one in all my girlfriends to have kids and like my community of people. And so I, um, I, I like have spent a lot of time with those kids, all those babies, all those years, and I really thought I was prepared. And holy smokes, little Laszlo just showed up and just knocked me on my ass. I didn't really like, I wasn't prepared for the like, <laughs> the like emotional piece, like he was saying, like that emotional like weight and like responsibility that now like sets in um, is just, it's, it's ever present and and it's amazing but it's also like i don't know it feels really big there's like this little human that i'm responsible for not only keeping alive but you know trying my best to raise into like a uh good man which is like we need some good men so that just like feels like a lot of pressure um <laughs> similarly uh to key and catalina i um i conceived um i i like nothing like i was very planful i had like thought for many years about creating my now little family and um there was a lot of intention behind that. I used donor sperm um, to conceive little Laszlo um, and, you know, came to that decision over many years. I just hadn't found anybody who I could see myself parenting with um, and was had turned 36 um, and was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm just going to like do it on my own because I always wanted to be a parent and um 
yeah, I don't know. It's a trip. It's a total trip. Um, and beautiful and lovely. And, um, you know, I have had a lot of time to reflect on just like that. He's, he's like every, he's like all my dreams come true in a little person. And at the same time, that weight of like almost feeling like it's too good to be true. Like when's the shoe going to drop kind of, um, just like overwhelming joy with the overwhelming, like weight is like, Holding that all at the same time is, whew, that's big. Love it. Shanae, it's only you. Well, for me, I can't necessarily say I was prepared. Um, I was in college um, going into my junior year <laughs> when I um, was pregnant with my first child, which is my daughter that's 30 now. So it was kind of like a, ah, what happened? <laughs> I, yeah, wasn't quite planned for it. Um, however, um, she came into our lives and was a blessing. Um, I am still with my high school sweetheart, um, and she was one of the best things that came out of our relationship. Um, and then along comes, you know, years later, um, hey, you're pregnant again. Um, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? And of course, that they're miles apart in personality and you know, how I parent them is so very different. And it's funny because I started out trying to parent my son the same way I parent my daughter. And he was the one that says, hey, we, you can't parent us the same. Because of what you're saying, it doesn't make sense to me. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So he, he changed my mind on how I thought parenting should be. And um, I think it's made me a better person for that. Um, but in all, I'm, I'm, I'm loving being a, a mother. I wouldn't take any any one of them back <laughs> they're here i'm loving them and we're just doing life together wow love it love it love it thank y'all thank y'all thank y'all so i'm gonna lean on this question right here so what has been the most rewarding and challenging experience in motherhood and that goes from the pregnancy the birth the you know childhood the teenage years adulthood let us know, you know, share a little bit of with it. What has been some of the, whew, well, as Amethyst has said, this is the best thing ever, you know, as Catalina said, oh, you know, you know, knew it wasn't be easy, but they got easy now. Okay. Um, share, share some a little bit. And I know some of us have adult children, you know, kind of prepare us with things to maybe expect. Yeah. I don't mind um, starting out for me. I'm a, as I said before that, you know, they're, range and age is so broad but having said that that meant that my pregnancies were so different so I was young 23 when I had my daughter so you know young vibrant full of energy <laughs> can do almost anything you know because I was at that young age um and then at 36 I had my son and you know and that's like ooh, very different way of thinking um I'm I'm now a career person. I'm not this, you know, this young person, you know, trying to still figure out life. I'm, you know, doing adult, very adult, grown things, paying bills out of my own. <laughs> so that looks very different from when I was uh, much younger. Um, but the pregnancies were both about the same. You know, there was, you know, no trouble either way. Um, I have asthma really bad. So that's the only Problem, problem I had throughout both pregnancies was my asthma got really bad um, because the lung space and the baby space was all kind of hooked up there and there together. 
however, you know, everything worked out fine, you know, on each side. But that's probably all I can say about either one of those experiences. But again, just learning and um, parenting them differently, um, also discipline them differently. Um, whereas I could get on to her and with a stern voice and she would be a little afraid of me. Um, he's not so much. I have to kind of, he's the show me from the show me state. <laughs> Either I have to get with him or I have to kind of like, you know, <laughs> say things in a very different way or, you know, take things from him in light of games and stuff that he likes to do. Whereas I could just get on to her and, you know, she would be like, oh, okay, don't, don't call my mama, you know, don't, don't do that. You know, and he's the opposite of that. So that, that's the biggest challenge for me is making sure I um, stay firm, try to make sure that I'm, you know, giving guidelines wherever they need to be. Because I'm like the other, you know, ladies on here. I want him to be the best him he can be. And I'm also with her being an adult and having her own child now, which I forgot to mention that, but I'm a grandmother as well. <laughs> Trying to make sure that um, she's parenting her daughter, you know, to be the best, you know, little person she can be as well. Love it, love it, love it. So for me, I would say the most rewarding thing truly is seeing that positive result. Because <laughs> I always knew I wanted to be a mother, but I always knew it wasn't going to be easy because it wasn't the most natural way, um, you know, in society's eyes. So like I, I did so much research on how, just like how, how you can do it like all the stuff you can buy and like you know everything to get pregnant. yeah to get pregnant and um just to really wake up and actually see that positive result was one of the most rewarding things i've experienced in my lifetime and also finding out the gender because everything in me wanted a son i've always wanted a son and for that to be my first child it was yeah, it was like universe, like the universe was on my side the entire time. Uh, as far as like, yeah, the rewarding aspect, because I'm truly the happiest I've been in my in my entire life. Like he is, he is everything, my whole world. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I think that I can definitely resonate with that because uh, it was overwhelming to think about how we were going to get pregnant at first and it almost like Amy was saying waiting for the shoe to drop it's too good to be true when we got that positive result and so I experienced my pregnancy excited and hopeful but also anxious and and that was just a weird feeling to be because I knew that it took us four tries of at-home IUI to conceive um, and so for us we were kind of at a at a turn way like all right, this is the fourth one. It is getting tiring. We're starting to have those conversations. Like, is it going to happen for us? Maybe we should take a break. Mm -hmm. And we would have taken a break if that fourth time didn't work. And lo and behold, in the most unexpected way, on a drunken night of playing games with board games with friends <laughs> and the sperm was going to expire, Literally, we, we tried it. <laughs> we tried it and didn't think twice about it. This, We were so certain that this was not going to happen for us right now. Mm -hmm. And I just took the pregnancy test two weeks later just to take it, just, you know, to, to confirm that it didn't happen. And man, oh man, were we in for a wild ride the rest of those nine months and, and seven months since then. It's been rewarding to see who he's grown into as a person. 
I mean, it's it's been seven months, but I feel like I've known him my whole life and just seeing his personality evolve, it's the greatest feeling. I, I love our little family and I love the little person he's becoming with all his emotions and he's just so intelligent. It's teaching us things about ourselves that we didn't know and we would have never known unless we became parents. Wow. Y'all about to have me over here crying, but I ain't gonna do that. Wait till you hear wait till you hear their first voice. You are my I remember I thinking, I wonder what they sound like. I wonder what they're gonna sound like. The Google, that's what actually, you know, we talk about that almost every day when he first says mama. I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm gonna do. He can have anything for me. Yeah. <laughs> for sure gonna be crying. I already cried enough now, just thinking about it. <laughs> I just hear songs, I'm crying. <laughs> I My, said you was gonna be the crier, but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say Laszlo's always going da 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 da, and I'm like, there's no da da. It's ma 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 ma. So, Melissa, so what has been something rewarding as a parent and something challenging as well? <clears throat> rewarding, I would say, um, like the moment you have your kid, like you did it, like you did that, like, <laughs> you know, that's the rewarding part. Cause then all the pain goes away, really. Um, rewarding. Yeah. And I think the milestones of like them walking, crawling, all of those milestones, when you hear their first little cute little raspy voice or whatever it's going to be, it's, it's just, oh, uh, the most challenging is something that I'm going through right now is that no matter how much, this might sound like a backhanded compliment or something, but no matter how much you do for your kids, no matter what, how good you think you're doing it better than what you were done to you, or just, just all the parenting classes, all the, everything that you've actually researched or try to do better than the last or better than, you know, what's done to you. And no matter what, they're, you're always going to fall short as a mom in their eyes for some reason. A any reason. You're always, that's, that's the challenge. Because you, you keep wanting to want to strive to be the best mom to them. And you pull so much. I lost a lot of myself. I'm another crybaby, by the way. <laughs> and uh you lo I lost so much of myself being a mom that I realized just now about like two years ago it'll be two years ago that um I started having to put myself first as a woman because I lost a lot of myself just pouring into my kids and their dad so it was uh I would say that's the biggest challenge of learning not to give so much of yourself that you lose who you are because that can happen like that. That's it. Then <laughs> we got you, friend. We got you. You know how we. You know how we do with everything culture. You know, touch on the real things here. But we appreciate you. And I. And once again, Melissa has the teenagers, so she's in that phase right now. So y'all, as well as Shanae, so y'all give give each other support. Y'all get that one day. Hooray for me, heavy. <laughs> okay. So I guess for me, the most rewarding was just becoming a mother, just becoming a mother and seeing her. My daughter was born at three pounds, one ounce. So just trying to make sure she was healthy. She would 
her hearing would be good. Her sight would be good. So all the little doctor's appointments and all that stuff I had to endure, it didn't bother me. Those were, I mean, some people probably would think that was crazy, but I actually loved doing those things with my daughter because I wanted to always just like, I think Melissa is the lady's name. That, what's the lady's name that just got to talking? Melissa. Melissa. Uh-huh. Melissa. What she said was you give so much of yourself raising your children that sometimes you do forget about you. But in the way I raised my daughter, she's always been my, my sidekick from the day she was born really to present day. But she did go through those teenage years that I struggled with because I tried to raise her the way my mom raised me. And that is a no-go in this time simply because I'm 50. And what how we were raised then is not how you can raise, really that works as good as it did when you were being raised. It don't work for them anymore. Some of the disciplinary practices that you have and all that stuff, it don't. It's, I'm, it's not all the same. I mean, curfews. I was strict on twelve o'clock curfew. I was strict on who can come to my house, who how she can go to. Um, I was very strict on a lot of things, and some things I missed with her because I was too tunnel vision on this way of raising her and parenting her that I didn't see really what she was had going on. And, you know, with the little boys and technology and, and all that, that's when MySpace came out when she was younger and, and all that, you know, I didn't want her on those websites and I didn't want her on there for certain reasons. I mean, it's a cruel world out there. Pedophilia is real. And you got all these young men that, you know, try to tell these young girls how beautiful they are for you know, arterial motives. It's not because they they may think she's beautiful, but they feel like they're going to gas up enough to get them where they want her. And I tried to do all that affirmation, all those affirmations at home myself before she got to that. But I guess I didn't do it right at some time because she was boy crazy. She's still boy crazy, but she was boy crazy then. And, you know, we didn't, we weren't big on certain things growing up. We didn't do certain things. My mom would not let us do certain things growing up. And I tried that with her sometimes and it didn't always work. So I had to transition my parent parenting skills and parenting ways because of you know how I was raised versus how she was growing up and what I was seeing. And I truly, truly, truly feel in my heart of hearts that a village is important. A village is important. You know, if you don't have a village, you you may lose some of these battles that we're really trying to fight. It's important to have a village. People you trust, people you look up to, people you admire that want the best for you. So, of course, they're going to want the best for your child. So having a village is extremely important. And I had to reach out to my village sometimes raising my child. And I still do to this day. But those were mainly my challenges during the high school years. And then one another great accomplishment, it wasn't my accomplishment, obviously, because I'm not the mama of the grandbabies, but seeing my grandbabies be born and the mother that my daughter is, she loved, loved, loved her children. And I absolutely love that. And I hear a lot of times say, mama, I'm 
I love my kids just as much as you love me. And I'm going to treat them like you treat me. And I learned a lot from you. When I hear my daughter say stuff like that to me, and I'm, I'm a big crybaby too, but when I hear my daughter say stuff like that to me, that means the world to me because I did something right. I got something right that she's going, if, she, if she's looking at me like that now, she didn't always look at me like that though. Remember the teenage years, they it's a battle, especially when you have girls. That we, we both fighting over womanhood. You know, who's the woman here? But I'm going to always be the woman. I'm the queen, right? And she just my princess. That's how I look at her. But it was a struggle. It was the, the power struggle of the household. So now, you know, having our own place, raising our own children, and I step in when needed. I will do what I can do. But to hear her give me praise and give me you know, pats on the back of mama. Thank you for doing this to me. Thank you for talking to me like that. And now she has a little girl. So she see why I was certain ways with how she dressed. And, you know, you got on a dress, pull your dress down and close your legs. Don't sit on a man lap. Don't do this. Don't do that. I mean, I'm big on a lot of stuff and I'm huge on respect. And now I see how she talks to my grandbabies. They have to respect her. It's yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know, yes, sir. No, sir. They don't get away with stuff. And I love it. I love it because I, I didn't raise her to be that way. And that's big for me. Yeah, hit me right here in the heart. Yeah, yeah I need to stop all that. <laughs> uh, Thank uh, you. Uh, you know, London been on the show before. You know, she's been on the you yeah. know. And, you know, I always say I'm proud of my nieces. And, you know, I call them, even though they're my cousins, I call them my nieces and things. So I love to hear that. Uh, and thank you all so much for sharing. And they call you Uncle Brandon. I know, I know, I know. They don't call me all the time, but you know, it's and we only wait yeah, a few years <laughs> apart, ain't nothing major, but I'm proud of them and what they're doing. And y'all touched they love on to it. respect you though. That's oh, uh, something big that you did. You did that. And thank you. You know, and, and the thing is it's building those relationships. It's part of the village that we have. Just like, Absolutely. you know, I look forward to seeing easy growth and age as well as the last low. You know, come. I, I really do appreciate the connections we have with one another. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I grew up in a multi-family um, dynamic. You know, been raised by my grandparents, been raised by my mother, a little bit by my father, um, quite a bit by my auntie, y'all mama, you know. So I know, but the whole time I tell people, no matter how I was raised, I was raised by my family. I can't say I was just raised by one person. And I don't think that's realistic in a lot of ways that even if you have the the traditional two-parent dynamic, you still need a village. Mm -hmm. No matter what. You still need the teachers. You still need the place of worship. You still need the grandparents, aunts, uncles, or something, or just people who you call that. We have, in our family, we have so many different play aunts and cousins and uncles and, you know, <laughs> and aunties that you, I grew up really thinking these people are related to me. They're like, oh, we're not. Well, still, that's family to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I value that. I value that. But one thing I value is also growth, you know, in changes and tradition and culture and how do we go forward day by day. And, you know, one of the things to touch on is the relationship that you have with your mother and how does that affect your relationship you have with your child? I think I one of the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. I just spoke last while ago. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that like one of the things that my mom has really always said to me is like um it's 
she always like wants us me i have two sisters older and younger so i'm middle and i'm like the quintessential middle child um and my mom always is like you know this is it like this is your life like you're living your life right now and i think that's one of the things that's like both that i've taken from my mom and that's also been the hardest with laszlo is like you know, I look at pictures when, you know, even a month ago and I'm like, oh my gosh, he is growing up so fast. And it's just like a blink. And I think a struggle that I have is like trying to like stay in the moment and like be really present with him um, and like just soak it all up because life is busy and I get distracted by my stupid phone and, you know, I'm working and I'm trying to make sure that he's eating something. I'm not even trying to go for like a well-balanced diet here. I'm just like, just get anything in your mouth, kid. And I am happy, you know, like all the things like trying to like, you know, still find time for myself. So I'm not so focused on him. And I don't know. I just, it's a lot, it's a lot to juggle. Right. And as moms, we all know that this is like part of our struggle. And, um, and I think one of the things that I've really taken from my mom is like, this is it. Like, this is your life. So soak it up. Like, I don't know, live it, do the things that you want to do. And she's like, she's such a free spirit. And she like takes advantage of like, she just like travels and she really experiences and lives life in this like really beautiful way. And I think that that's something that I try to take from her is like her adventurous spirit, which is not like my, like how I'm like totally that doesn't come easily to me, I guess. Um, so that's something that I'll definitely take from my mom and like really try to adventure with Laszlo and um, bring him up in that way. I want him to see as much as he can and meet as many people and experience as much as he can experience. So I think I'll take her adventurous side. How does your relationship with your mother play a part in your parenting? Um... So I don't have the best relationship with my mom. And um, it, it's, I kind of said it before, I just try to do, so I have two tias that help uh, raise me and I take a bits and pieces from them. And then uh, my Nana, uh, they've instilled a lot of goodness in me and I just try to and and I was raised in the church so I just try to raise my kids the way because I feel like the church you can't go wrong if you raise them in the word you know um it's like that verse you know if they if they stray they'll come back to it I just know that I want them to be good people um loving people and just to be you know share God's love with other people, just be just good, genuine people, but also, you know, not be, um, not be so much of a doormat. I, I feel like there's been a time where, you know, being, I'm also one of six from my mom, second oldest. So I also raised a lot of kids and, or helped. And, um, and it was, uh, mine and her relationship has never been never been the greatest I look like my dad so they divorced about 30 years ago so that having said that I was just never the favorite in any way so that um even now at this age I really try to um work on a relationship with her because I want my daughter and my son to see that you know 
you can be the bigger person and you can love somebody from a distance, you know, even if when they're being toxic as hell with you, you know, you don't always have to have them right there. And it's okay to go visit them from time to time, call them, check on them. Um, um, so I know that I just raised, I try to raise my kids. My relationship with my kids are just very different. My, my tias, uh, one of my tias is very, very close to her kids. And the other tia is very, she's a, they're both amazing moms. So I just try to instill, try to be like them. Um, not saying my mom's not an amazing, she's an amazing mom. She's, she's a phenomenal nana to every, you know, to all the younger kids. My kids are basically like the oldest grandkids. So it's, uh, I just try to make sure that I tell my kids, uh, the facts of what it is. Cause they ask why I am not close to my mom and, and, you know, I mean, being kicked out when I was 14 is, is a struggle still. I've worked through that in therapy and stuff. So it's kind of like um, I just try to explain to the kids, to my kids, that um, sometimes in life, you know, uh, those kind of um, traumatic events kind of affect the person that you are growing up as a teenager into adulthood. And it kind of makes me want to be a better mom. Um but like I said, I, I lost myself a lot in my motherhood with my kids. So now they see me being a little, uh, they they say um, I'm a little selfish because they're, they're used to me. Everything about my life was them. And now that I take a little, I've been taking in the past two years, almost taking a little bit back for myself. Um like I've never been on an airplane until two years ago. Like there was just a lot of things I never did in my life because I wanted to be there for my kids. And that's one thing I'm, I reef and I always tell new parents, like, don't do it. Like, it's not even worth it. They're not even going to know they're so little. <laughs> they're not going to remember that stuff. Like, and it's just, I just know that I try to be the best. If I'm a good person and I'm rooted in God, then I can be a good mom. Um, Cause everything good flows out of, you know, everything good flows out of the word. And I can just make sure that I instill that into them, that they're just good people to people that they touch around their lives, to friends, family. And, um, it's my relationship with my mom has impacted me in a great sense of what not to do and what to do. Um, and how to, how to actually it's perfect. The, the, the way she, the way my mom parented me and my five sisters when we were teenagers is hella different from how I'm doing it now with my daughter and my son. And I think um, it, it's a definitely a struggle because you're just so quick to, to like snap, like, you know, because you kind of were raised in that kind of a environment. You want it, you want, they forget who, they forget your daughter mom sometimes. And I think though moms in here with the older parents I mean with the older uh, kids now sometimes they test you and I feel like they want you to throw hands with them I feel like they want they ha you have to remind them but you don't want to lose it and go to jail so it's just a lot of going <laughs> you're battling yourself like a lot because you're like I birthed you and you messed me up you messed me up and you think you could talk to me that way like what but it's been great <laughs> It wasn't good. Melissa has, we, we both share the same previous work relationship. So we know how things can go and we are empathetic how 
sometimes people can, you know, I come from the work of child protective services and child welfare. And it's really a lot of coaching you have to go to. And a lot of people may not feel like we're empathetic. And but we are. And it's all. And even though you're you do the work, you still have to practice the work as well. Because, you know, yeah, even going to those class, I was a social worker, too. So even going to those classes and doing all those trainings and all of that, like that has helped me prepare. And and even me being in therapy, because I put myself in therapy at a young age. So even that has prepared me to even be as calm as I am, <laughs> as you know, as the parent, I, because it's I like to be real with my kids because, you know, in in real life you know, not everyone's going to be good to you. So it's, I, it's not my job. I tell them to toughen you up. It's my job for you to be prepared for the people out there. Um, yeah, but definitely, I mean, the kids are definitely a blessing. It's, it's, and I know what this too shall pass, but it's been a struggle lately. (laughs) Hardworking. My mom, you know, she was a single mother and it was nothing. At least she acted like it was nothing to work two, three jobs at times, sometimes. And we were in, you know, in school. She made sure, I mean, she raised three girls. And then, of course, then you come along, Brandon, but she raised the three girls first. So we, she was very strict on us, raising us. And, you know, again, she didn't want us to get pregnant prematurely. She didn't want us to, you know, listen to all these young men trying to get, you know, what they wanted from us. She was very, very, very strict on us. And as as a mother, and I channeled some of that energy into my daughter as well by putting her on, you know, starting her with, birth control, let me just put it out there, birth control in ninth grade, because my mama put us on birth control in ninth grade. Um, my mama did it, so I'm do it. That's how I looked at it, it worked, right? I mean, I didn't have my first child till I was 23 and married. But when my daughter came along, I wanted more for her. I wanted more for her. I didn't want her to, because I'd seen it before, where the young men, they, you know, want to say things like, oh, well, uh, let them talk to you. They, they'll talk to you any kind of way just because they just bought you something, just because they just did this for you, just because they just did that for you. So what my mental capacity was in my daughter, I would buy her anything she wanted or what she wanted if I could afford to get it. And I'm still in a sense kind of like that now, even with helping her with her, her just moving, you know, making sure she had all the things she needed so she wouldn't have to depend on a guy who would use her and say this talk to her any kind of way or deal with her any kind of way or don't make her feel like she's special because he did this for her i don't never want her to have to depend on nobody to do nothing for her if they're going to bring her down now if they if he's a cool guy and he loved doing stuff like that because he loves her loves the kids or whatever okay great my dude do your thing but don't hold that over her head or dangle that over her head. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing for you because you're going to do what I need you to do for me. So I'm that type of person that I don't never want her to feel like she got to depend on nobody to do it. So get out there and get it yourself, young lady. Work. If you need to work two jobs, I'll help you if I can. You know, let's do it like that. I don't ever want you to feel less than because somebody's made you feel that way. 
get it how get, get it how you're supposed to get it. Nobody can never hold that over your head. And my mom was that type of person where she would work two, three jobs. I mean, we we lived a great life. I, I must admit. I mean, yeah, I mean, things happened, but we lived a good life. We were in the band. Shanae was a big drum major in the band, and we were big into school. We we went to parties. We enjoyed ourselves, but we knew what we couldn't do too. We knew how we had to respect the household because she did not play that, and she was she would embarrass you if she had to. So, <laughs> yes, I've been, you know, victim of her embarrassments many times because I felt like I could do what I wanted to do because I'm Angela and I'm the baby girl and I could do what I wanted. Now she made sure she checked that real fast. But at the end of the day, she made us be hard workers, and I instilled that in my daughter. She loves her job and you know wants to make as much money as she can so she can take care of her children and she loved those kids she absolutely do and i love seeing her with them so that's what i you know gathered from my mom the hard work and the work that um for me it's it's somewhere similar to in um, what angela's saying like the hard work that i saw her doing and um the biggest thing too was um Work for what you want. You know, don't steal. Don't um, don't try to, you know, get over on the system. Don't try to, you know, get things the, the legal way. She was very big with saying, you know, if you go to jail, you're going to be there. And she knows she didn't sugarcoat it. She, didn't, she just let you know. And so that some of those things I could tell my own kids. I'm like, hey, you you know how to get it. You know what's good and what's not good. You know how to keep yourself out of trouble. You, you know. Do your best to be the best person you can be and live your life as such. Um, and so those things I took away from her and all those things I tell my kids, you know, work hard for what you want. Nothing's going to come to you for free, you know, and if it is, question that. <laughs> what? Why is it free and why is it, you know, plentiful? You need, you need to figure all those things out so that you don't find yourself in trouble. Um and so those are um, some takeaways I had from uh, my mom and how hard, you know, like I say, she worked and showed us that if you want something, you get out here and work for it. You know, don't try to get nothing for nothing. Uh, so I'm a child of, of immigrants. Both my mom and dad are immigrants. And if it's one thing that I learned from my mom specifically, it's really similar to the previous two shares and that you got to work hard for what you want out of life, but also don't give up on your dreams and know when to lean on your village. That's that's absolutely okay because my parents were young teenage parents. My mom had my brother when she was 16 years old and then every five years since she had a kid. And so for her, it was just like, okay, she had you know her first child in high school and then she had another one early in college and another one when she was really in community college and then from there she you know she had to get into her working profession and quickly she recognized like she didn't want to give up going to school she didn't want to give up going to work doing what she liked to do you know her time outside of the home and it wasn't because she wanted to be away from her children it was because that she wanted to reclaim her identity in a sense as as a woman as a person in this world like and motherhood was a part of that identity, but it wasn't her entire identity. And so now I really resonate with that. In hindsight, as I'm looking at her experience and reflecting on that, that's exactly how I feel 
with my own child is I, I want motherhood to complement the rest of who I am and my life, but not to overcome and take over my life so much that I don't recognize myself because I was intentional about my life decisions that's gotten me to where I'm at now at 29 years old. And so it's prepared me to be, in my opinion, a good mother, a prepared mother more than my mom had the opportunity, you know, at 16 years old. So just reflecting on her decisions to know when to use my grandma for help because my grandma lived with us. And my grandma was, she was illiterate. She didn't know, my family's from Cambodia. She didn't know how to read and write in Khmer. She didn't know how to read and write in English. So there was no getting a job for her. She's an immigrant herself. So when she came here, it was really hard for her to assimilate, to learn the language. And nobody could really understand her because there weren't anybody that could read or write Khmer. And she couldn't read or write Khmer. So there was that huge language barrier. And so ultimately that fell on my grandma's lap to be like the caregiver of our family. She took care of all the grandkids. She took care of not just me and my siblings, but you know, my cousins too. And there was never any shame in that. There was so much love in that. Like I've, I've always felt love from my grandma and from my parents. Like it was such a strong compliment to our childhood that now I'm very thankful that I went through that experience because it has fostered uh, a positive relationship for me to know when to lean on my parents and to know it's okay. Easy can go and be with them for a little bit so that we can go out on a date or I can go out to brunch with my friends or something. You know, it's okay to lean on your village and it doesn't make you a bad parent for doing that. Yeah, uh, my, well, like I said earlier, I'm one of six girls and my mom's had us a year and a half apart. So, um, Independency and, and hard work was was a lot of what she she preached, uh, which I'm still very much independent now. I don't really ask for much. I'm the one who left the nest. Uh, everybody's still back home in Mississippi, and I would say that was a lot of love, but there was a lot of lack of time to you know to to be there and just show us some of the things that we that we needed, especially as women uh, and you being a single mother. So right now for me, like I'm very, very intentional about time uh, with, with my son. Like that's, that's probably like the biggest thing for me is time because I know what it feels like not to have that time with my parent, especially only having one. So like I, I I wanna I wanna work hard, but I also don't, you know what I mean? Like, and I felt like I put myself in a position enough to not have to do that, especially right now when I feel like he needs me most. And I'm very, very adamant about setting him up for a lot of success that wasn't set up for me. I don't want him to have to work as hard as I did. I don't want him to have to work two jobs. I know what it's like working two jobs seven days a week. I watched my moms do that and then I did it. You know what I mean? It's not really a good feeling and I don't want him to ever, ever have to do that. I want him to want to do that if he if he wants to. So like just, but I will instill, you know, you gotta get it too. Like everything ain't gonna be handed to you, but I'm gonna try to give you everything you need so you don't have to ask nobody for nothing. Um, and I mean, there was a lot more that, that my mother gave me, but 
those two are probably the things that stuck with me the most uh, from her. And also just like the lack of seeing them get out. Like they don't, they haven't gotten out. And, and I've traveled a lot. I've traveled the world. My, my, my family hasn't traveled. One of my sister's first time going out the country will be to celebrate my 30th birthday this year. And I, and I don't think that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of stuff out there that you can see to open up your mind also and expand how you think on a day-to-day basis, which I feel like is uh, really lacking in, in my family. So, and I, I, I got my mom's out, out the country for her first trip. My sister's out the country for their first trip, you know? So, so being that leader of, of just leaving the nest and, and letting them know that it's, it's, you can do it. You know what I'm saying? You got to work hard, but it's possible. And I, I take a lot of pride in that. And that's, that's another thing that I want to get to my son. Like, don't stay here where you were. You know what I'm saying? Leave. Go find you something. Because it's a lot. It's a lot out there for you. And this ain't just it. So. Wow. Wow. How y'all feeling? You know, I got to do the check. I'm, we go I'm check. loving this. I'm absolutely Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah we, this going to be the quick. We go, like, do a quick little three-minute break. We got one more discussion, and then we go get right back to it. Hey, what's going on? It's your host, Drake. Be Drake with everything culture. Just want to butt in real quick and ask for y'all support. Now, y'all know I greatly appreciate all the love that you're showing listening to the show. But I have to ask, could y'all please leave us a review? And if you don't know how to leave a review, don't worry. I got you. You can go to Apple Podcasts, find everything culture. Make sure to click on the name of the show. Scroll down to where you see ratings or reviews. Please hit that five stars or just leave your honest opinion. Then right under that, you can drop us a review. Um, Leave a subject line. The catchier, the better. And just tell us how you feel. That goes a long way with supporting us. But let's say you don't have an iPhone. What should you do then? We got you with that too. You can go right over to Spotify, find everything culture again, and you just want to hit on the ellipses at the top right, and it will pop up where you can rate the show. They see? There you go. There you have it. Now make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and anywhere else you may listen to Everything Culture. Um, We greatly appreciate your support. We love y'all, and let's get back to the conversation. Let's get back to the show. Peace. Welcome back, beautiful people. We're back with our Mother's Day special, you know, 2023. We have Melissa, we have Angela, we have Amethyst, we have Catalina, we have Keith, and we have Shanae. And, you know, you come into the latter part of the conversation, and thank y'all again for joining us. But I know we were talking about the impact your mothers had on your parenting, and I was listening to Angela and Shanae. And, you know, they mentioned that I was raised by their mother through my eighth grade, half my eighth grade year through my senior year in college. OK, not senior year in college, senior year in high school, maybe a little, a little bit of social in my my junior what you call it, junior college experience as well. Live with the things and um, shout out to Aunt Brenda. Um, 
you know, I, I say it all the time. I'm so grateful for the life that you were able to provide to me later on because of the experience that I've had. And I will tell people, if y'all want to hear the rest of that, y'all go listen to the Makers of Mr. D713. Listen to my Mother's Day episode last year. You get to know a little bit more about my upbringing. But I tell people, like my auntie, Angela and Shanae's mother, that she told me three things when I started living with her. It was one, don't get no girl pregnant in this household because she's not raising any kids. Two, hey, you go, like they said, if you go to jail, you go stay in jail. I'm not bailing anybody out. And three, don't have me looking like no damn fool out here. Okay. Don't have me looking stupid. And she meant every word of Every word. Hey, <laughs> I haven't been to jail. I ain't got no kids. And like, and the thing is, the conversation I had with the not looking stupid, if I made a mistake, if I got in a fight, beat somebody up, if I snuck through a window, if I snuck out of class, any of those things that I did, if I knew I got caught. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. If I got caught, then she got it, go come back to her. I'm gonna tell her, like, this is what I did. And she could get, she can get upset at me, but I said, hey, I didn't have you looking stupid. That's my thing. I told you, I let you know what's happening before anything else come to your front door. So take it that way. And I know we have some of our um, parents that have had teenagers, have teenagers and going through it. I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's just, we would, some, I think some parents, when they get to that age, they forget what it's like to be a teenager when you forget how stupid you are. And I just say that they sometimes, the emotions and the thoughts, the hormones are going through something and you say things you really don't mean in, in the long run, you may mean it at that time. And they don't they're they're becoming young adults. And as far as my work working as a mentor as well as a social and caseworker, I work with a lot of teenagers and sometimes that's where that, that village comes into place. They may not want to listen to their parents for whatever reason. It, it is across all cultures. I promise you it is. It's not just you. It's not just in your household. It's across the way. Having someone else to talk to them, having someone they can lean on. My, I had my auntie had my I had my uncle Burl. I had um, other neighbors in the community. Um, my uncle. Oh, my goodness. I had Prince down the street and Donna. I had. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he could be a, uh, Uncle Paul. I had uh, so many different people I can lean on like, hey. So I can talk to I knew they were probably talking to her, but I had somebody else I can talk to outside of that. So have that is extremely important as well. That's the advice I can give um, for with the great work that y'all are doing, you know, creating these young human, young adults, you know, the young humans, I would say this. But if y'all can tell y'all kids something that they could listen to this later, maybe when it's released the next week the next year, the next 10 to 20 years. What would you want to tell them? I would say get your education while you're young. Don't wait. Don't wait and get it later. It's 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 harder <laughs> when you uh, get it later. I mean, I know a lot of people say you don't have to go to school. You don't need a degree. You don't have to... Um, you don't need that to make things. And and that's, and some of that is, is true. You know, we have lots of great successful people who do, who don't have um, college degrees, but I also know that sometimes that one little piece of paper can open doors for you that could have never been opened for you. So if I have to say to my um, 
kiddos and um, anybody else who are young adults is get it while you're young and why it's, you know, it's not a big pressure for you um, to be worried about households and um, families if you can. Um, and I'm saying that from experience, because again, remember, I was the one that said that I was pregnant in my junior year in college. <laughs> so when I dropped out to raise my kids and had a family. It took me a minute to get back. I mean, I'm, I have a, a, a master's and a bachelor now, but I got that when I was an adult. And it's a lot harder to get it once you have a family and a career and, you know, than it would if you just stayed in it and didn't have all those that baggage to take with you. I guess mine would be don't give up on self. Don't give up on yourself. Don't stop thriving for greatness and always do the right thing. Even when you don't think anybody's looking and you want to do something that may not be the right thing, but you think it may help you always do the right thing because and try everything in you not to lie and not to be a liar. Because first and foremost, you can always remember the truth. You can tell that over and over and over again. But when you start lying, you're going to have to compound one lie on top of another lie on top of another lie. Tell the truth. Be honest. Lead with integrity. Lead with, you know, trust. Be trustworthy. And you don't always have to trust everybody. But you be a trustworthy person. And don't let everybody just use you as their stepping stone to go higher and i can say that for myself i've i guess in some instances lowered my standards to elevate someone else and now you know fighting to build yourself back up trying to fight to be you can help somebody else build their self up but it's almost damn near difficult and sweat and tears and muscle building and all that you know trying to build yourself up and just be a good person overall try your best to be a good person at all times that way nobody could ever speak ill will upon you and sometimes like what Shanae said with your education and all that all that's great Lord knows I, I wish I would have finished college I wish I would have and I've been to college, but left. And it didn't have nothing to do with kids. It was just something I just didn't feel like I wanted to do any longer. So be a hard worker, be honest, and be true to people and true to yourself. That would be my best advice for people and for my child and grandbabies. For me, it would be dream big. Trust yourself and never settle. Um, and always show love. Always show love. Yeah, my, my sentiments are similar. I would tell you them that you are brighter than the sun. You are smarter than you believe in any of your most trying moments. And, and the answer will always be within you. So lean into that. And don't let anybody come for your character. And if they try to know that you have a village that loves and supports you. And even if you feel like you're making the worst decision you've ever made, 
know that mama still got your back. There's nothing that you can do that's gonna keep us from loving you and wanting to support you. So we were we are here now and we will always be here. We love you. To kind of piggyback on the rest of you guys are saying, um, I would definitely um, let them know that, and I've actually said this to my kids, there's nothing they can do that will ever have me stop loving them any less than the day they came out of me. I uh, will be your biggest cheerleader. I will be in your corner even after I'm gone. I will always be with you and to always lead with love as God loved us. And um, just be good people, be caring, be kind, be strong, and always, always advocate for yourselves. Because at the end of the day, when I'm not here to advocate for you, you got to be your own voice. Um, and, you know, I've always told my kids to, after high school, my one rule was for them to leave kind of like what Kay was saying, uh, leave where you, where you, where your roots are. Cause this world is too big. And I can't believe I just started traveling two years ago. This world is too big and too much to offer too many good people. I've made way more friends with real value out there than I have here. So just live life to the best of your ability and, um, always lead with love. Oh, goodness. Something I say to Laszlo a lot is, um, I love you and I'm so, so lucky to be your mama. Um, and I think the other thing, I'm gonna like get all weepy. I think the other thing that I would say is, like find, find a way to leave a mark in a, in a positive way. And whether that's um, through some, you know, how you spend your time, how you make money, how you be in relationship with other people, like just find a way to leave a mark in a, in a positive way on, on the earth. Um, I think that's, I think that's what I would say. I'm saying I love it. And I appreciate y'all. And I know y'all kids appreciate y'all as well. Even if they act a little funny sometimes, even now and into the future. And I look forward to the next few years and seeing these kids grow, um, to see what they become. And, you know, one day they'll be on, be on everything culture, sharing their, their experience, being a parent as well. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen, okay? But I want to say thank y'all again. We greatly appreciate the conversation, the perspectives, the views. But before we step off, you know, do y'all have any final words, anything y'all want to say, anything y'all want to share, any thoughts, any advice that you have for our listeners and the viewers? I just want to say thank you, Brandon, for making, bringing this together and kind of hearing each other's stories and bouncing off. And even you guys with the little ones, it just reminds me. Ugh. It just reminds me. That time is so precious, so precious. And you're right, you guys soak it all up. Because I don't know what yeah. happened. <laughs> I don't know what happens after they get in a blink of an eye. They grow up. 
they grow up so fast. And yeah, so yeah. cherish. I would definitely say cherish all of those those moments that you have with mm-hmm. them. Um, those small ones in um as they're growing. Um I I always keep going back to my mom had so many pictures and she still has so many pictures of us um as little kids growing up. And then all of our phones now have our pictures and we're like, how do we share this like when they're grown or if we're not here? How can we share what we have? And so I find myself going back and printing off pictures and making a photo album because I just need for them to be able to see these pictures because we're like in the techno age now. And I'm like, well, we share it to the cloud. What the heck is the cloud? (laughs) I don't know what the cloud is. (laughs) So, yeah. So definitely make sure um, the memories are being captured, um, especially when those milestones start rolling in. And um, you get to see those things. But even as mine are growing and mine are like daughter's grown, I still see milestones. I still see her. She has her own little business. I still see her, you know, thriving and stuff. My son that's 16. He's in high school. I still see milestones that he's going through, you know, and trying to, you know, find himself and to find his way, you know, to, to be the, you know, the gentleman that he wants to, you know, carry himself out to be. So enjoy life is the biggest thing and enjoy them, especially when they're little. And try to include yourself in some of the things that they like. You may not like it. You may not want to do it, but include yourself so they'll know that you, what they feel is important to you and to them, because believe it or not, they look up to you. Um, I didn't realize how much my daughter looked up to me until she got older. So for the ones who have the teenagers and the little ones, believe it or not, they are watching every move you make, be good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. They are watching every move you make. And they are, I'm going to be honest with you, they're our biggest critics and judges and jury and all that good stuff. They really, really are. And I didn't know what all my daughter noticed. I didn't know what all she saw. I didn't know what all she, you know, housed in her being as a mother, as a woman, as a child of God, as a person. I didn't know she watched me like she did until she told me. I'm thinking I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do as a woman, as a mother, as a wife or or whatever I was. I didn't know what she was watching and seeing. I just tried to do the, the best I could, but she watched everything I did. And I was very careful at times because I didn't want her to see certain things, but I also didn't know she was watching either. So at the end of the day, just make sure you're present. I, I like what Keith said. I like what, um, um, I, I forgot the, the, her, uh, her partner's name is, but I like what y'all are saying. Just being present and showing the love and showing that you're there. If, if something was to, happen or whatever and they fall off track I mean it's okay to go pick your child up and dust them off and help them get back on the right track it's okay to do those things you don't always want to run to the rescue just because you have to have them have a learning lesson it's a teachable moment you want to you know see that they do grow from some of the things that they you know failed in but there has not been any successes I'm familiar with that didn't have failure first So if they fall, let them fall. It's okay. As long as they don't just 
damn near kill themselves, you know, step back. It's okay to step back. And sometimes I I saw myself not allowing my daughter to scrape her knees, to hurt herself, to fall, to do this, because I was too busy in the way in something she didn't learn because I was too busy sheltering her and coddling her and she didn't get a chance to learn some valuable lessons that she should have learned. But, but I just wanted to make sure I just cleared the air of saying, be there, be present. Don't coddle so much. Don't run to the rescue so much. Because again, another thing that my mama taught me, a lot of times a bought lesson is a taught lesson. What that means is they paying for this lesson. So maybe they're going to get it this time. They're going to get it this time because they had to lose something in order to gain. And I'm glad okay you said that. Because sometimes we we don't realize what we do to our kids. Because we're oh, thinking in a, as parents, <laughs> we're like sheltering them. We're helping them. We're, you know, we're making sure that everything is perfect. But they need to see some of those things that are imperfect. Um, that, you know, if bills we have like a rough time. <laughs> yes. How do bills get paid? You know, how do... How do the lights stay on? How do the water stay on? You know, we didn't teach some of those things because we just did it. And if we had to borrow money or we had to pawn something or whatever, we didn't let them know all those hard times. Oh no. Because we didn't want we didn't want them to see that part of us because we thought that was a, a you know that we were broken or something was wrong with that. And then as we have our adults now, we're saying they just think this money is just like it just comes from anywhere and everywhere. They're growing on trees. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, no. we didn't teach them any of those lessons. We didn't show them, you know, that sometimes stuff is hard to get. Stuff is hard to come by sometimes. You know, we didn't teach those lessons. And so yeah. now we're looking back saying, yeah, we should have said something about that. <laughs> See, that's, when right, Brand- right. that's when Uncle Brandy comes into effect and try to teach them about oh. interest rate and <laughs> payday <laughs> loans and how it really, but it, yes. it, it takes the village. It takes the village. And they may not yes. want to hear it. But one thing I want once again, I want to add to that as well. <laughs> is the I'm gonna tell that story with Anki with my niece with London. But I never forget when she had a I was in Houston in college, U of H, and get this horrific phone call that London injured herself. And mm-hmm. like she had a huge basically she fell on a glass table. And she was in, was she in high school at the time? Or was she in middle school? She was middle 11 school. years old. She was yeah. 11, okay. Middle. She was ele- She was 11, injured herself. She was a latchkey kid. I don't know if any of y'all were latchkey kids. I know y'all were, but if y'all know what latchkey kids, man, we had a key to the house where you can get in and out without the fans being involved, like after, getting into the house after school. And she ended up um, falling on a glass table and having a very large cut, like hit an artery, if I'm not mistaken. Very yeah, scary moment. Yeah. Yeah. Very scary. That's why I don't keep glass. Look, do y'all have glass? I don't keep glass tables in nope. anywhere in my house because of that would happen to her. Ooh, what that sixteen years ago? Um, yeah. And I just know the first thing I've been told the story was that before calling nine one one, she called her mother because <laughs> she was just so afraid. She just I want to make sure I call mama first before anything else. She wanted to call her parents. And me, because I was raised differently, I was raised with not so much being that protective barrier that I had over my life at all. It was more like, what's wrong with you? Call us, you, you, you call her later, you know? And that's why that effect of, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. I think everyone's doing the best they can do. But that was the thing I was scared me. I was like, hey, you have to figure things out for yourself sometime. 
And it is, but once again, that's my childhood. That's my experience sharing on her experience. It's all different to how we think about it, though. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, I was going to touch base on something you said. Should parents have parenting classes or go to some type of parenting something prior to being a parent? I mean, it may be a good idea, but I'm not saying that that would be the perfect fit for everyone, something because there is no book to be taught on being a parent, period. And every child is so vastly different. I mean, I'm saying on the one roof, same household, same parents, and we parent our kids totally different. From our our 30-year-old and how we parent that 16-year-old, when I say it's totally different, it is totally different. And and I was going to ask that question. But we're the same parent. And I was asked that question because I I hear it quite often from people, especially since I I share my CPS stories on TikTok and now I'm trying to push on my IG and things. Are these parents that's never been parents that's asking that? Some of them. Quite quite a few of them. And the thing is, everything y'all saying, because I've had people go to parenting classes and still make mistakes as well. Yeah. Now, you know, I, but I do believe the ones and the twos and some little tips and things are helpful. But once again, yeah. that's what we talk about. Everything culture comes from the work that I've done as a caseworker and understanding not until you understand different cultures, backgrounds or traditions and why people do what they do is going to get to the point and for parenting. OK, upbringing, everything. Because something that we may have done in our upbringing and childhood, something that Melissa's family may not do at all. Same thing. I don't that, think time out would have worked for me. It's you, hey, y'all know how my brother act, act works. Okay, <laughs> him and I are completely different. And we, but the thing is, it's really effective communication about your culture and how do you all we all work. And until we have an understanding through conversations like these, you know, we're not going to have significant growth. But before we, you know, we got a few more last statements. And I would love to hear from everyone if you have anything. And we can close out and have more conversations later. God knows it's getting getting late. It's that time, Mm -hmm. y'all. I just wanted to express gratitude for all the panelists in this conversation. As a new parent, it's just really rich being able to hear your experiences and your resilience and love through parenting. And I know that even though we're not parenting the same age in the same decade or time, I'm going to experience the same challenges. And right. the same- oh, yes, ma'am, you are. The part that <laughs> I'm excited is like you, you're you raising adults, you raised babies back in the 90s and the early 2000s, and I'm just getting started with the baby now. And I just know I'm going to experience all the things that, that each of you have in your own way, in our own way. And I think that's the beauty of growing a family, being a parent, is that amongst all the differences in cultures and experiences, there are truly a lot of similarities and and shared values that we should really recognize and lean into because it brings us together. So thank you, Brandon, for bringing us together this conversation and having it. Thank you. Definitely. And and understand, y'all new parents, it's okay. Your kids, I'm telling you, I don't care what happens at one point or another. They're going to test your gangster. They're definitely going to test your gangster. And it's okay to knock your book. It's okay to do all that at times because they're definitely going to test your gangster and feel like they run the show. But you as the parents are going to have to show them who, who runs the show. Right.
Right. And, and that's the only way I feel like they can respect you and learn from you. Yeah, they know. Don't play with me. I'll make sure you know where I come from. You know what I'm no, saying? No, for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ain't playing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a strict household, you know. I'm trying not to be as strict, but, you know, I'm about business. You know what I'm saying? Like, so. All ten, when he start telling you ten. no, and he not yeah. going to do that, and telling you what he going to do, I want to see what you going to do. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze his hand. I was... It was something Catalina was doing the other day. And she, she's been showing. I've been showing quite often, but it clicked. I know she reminded me of Un Brenda, and I was like, "Ooh, we like." She don't act like it right now. She does not act like it right now. I'm telling you, trust me. And you I was my like, secrets out there. We still alive. <laughs> we gonna hop off. I don't know how old Un Brenda is, but I'm 29, and y'all gotta meet this woman. <laughs> hey, hey. She, once again, you both y'all have forget a, her. If yeah, you meet let her, me you tell you, they both had that very professional persona when they click it on. But when <laughs> you see, it, yeah, but when they click on, like ooh wee, like that's what I say. It's like that's what I like come out his shell. I like okay, I, I'm a back up on this one. I think Shanae's more like Mama. I don't know who I'm more like, but I'm not like Mama. Nah, Shanae more Mama. Nah, that's you. You think yeah, I'm that's Anki all day. Yeah, that's you. I ain't all trying day. to hear that. Um, yeah. well, we don't have to go through this because we don't lie. You know how we can have conversations. <laughs> I have to regulate things and bring it back to reality. <laughs> but no. Nah. Yes. <laughs> Amethyst, you got something for us? Just thank you. Okay. I like connecting with women and talking with women is one of my favorite things to do. And just I, I learn so much every time um, I connect with other women. And I'm so happy to have been sharing space with you all tonight and um yeah just one last little nugget of a thought is that I think there's so much and it came up multiple times multiple people talked about sort of the village or the community um and I think that's I think that is the class right like you lean on your village you lean on your people you lean on your community to help you through the next thing. Like all the things that Laszlo is going through, I'm like calling friends being like, does your kid do this? Like, what do I do? Like what's happening? Um, and I imagine I will continue to do that. And, you know, connecting with all the people that have raised babies and young kids and teenagers and young adults ahead of me and asking like, what do I do about this? Um, so thank you. I'm super grateful to have you all be part of my village or community. Thank you. That's what it's and all about. And I give you my number if you ever need a education <laughs> on how to discipline. Yeah. You Melissa. Melissa, call me. Melissa, call me because teenagers, I get with them for real. <laughs> He's a teenage whisperer. <laughs> hey. I hey. am for real. You hey. better ask my sixteen-year-old nephew that she got upstairs. <laughs> and she comes with love. Well, I definitely say, come with love. For, for sure. Real. But I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm glad, um, Amy, that you touched on it. I'm telling you, I would think about I wish you'd get to the point where, because on our first Mother's Day episode, I stepped off. We just let the um, ladies run it. Like, completely have a conversation between mothers and just open ended conversations and topics. And I just want to be here as a moderator at times, just like, hey, for us to. 
just be here for the conversation that we had. And I'm gonna add this here as well before we step off that um I talk to y'all, I talk to a lot of mothers, you know, and I know me being a, a male, especially a black male, I'm very specific on my identity. I know especially if they have boys, they come to me and for conversations or advice. And it's a lot I always tell my guy we have to mentor more. Okay, we have to step up, we have to communicate with each other more. And this conversation here, I'll be sharing with a lot of mothers because a lot of mothers need to hear this. A lot. Like a lot of um, mothers come to me crying in tears because of teenagers and, you know, they, they get a certain size and I speak and they think they're alone because a lot of us have stepped away from the village, per se, and may not have had a type of upbringing and close knit uh, community that we all have come from. So sharing this is something we continue to grow. I don't have to be the the epicenter of everything but I just want to make sure this is another resource for people to have and come to. So once again, I want to thank y'all again for this. I greatly appreciate it. Um, we're going to end it on our mission statement. And that is um, Dr. Martha King. It comes from the words of Dr. Martha King Jr. And that is he believes that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other and they don't know each other because of segregation. And because of segregation, we have miscommunication. So we built everything culture on the pillars of respect communication and consistency so we get to know each other so we can love one another so we can say thank you to our panelists thank you to our mothers thank you to our listeners our watchers our supporters in total god bless and peace thank you